In today's Mishnah, we'll learn the 11th and final Mishnah on the 13th Parak Masech Tuktubot, and then we'll begin the new Masech Masech Nadarim. And in yesterday's Mishnah, we were discussing how, if in a situation where, say, the husband wants to move cities, and in what situations, say, forces wife to move, which situations he is not able to do so. So this Mishnah continues on that theme. It says, Akom Malim Laretz Israel, that someone is allowed to force his Bnei Beito, his family, his wife, to move to Eretz Israel, even if. Unlike yesterday, even if they are moving from a neve affair, a nice dwelling, to a less nice dwelling, or not so nice dwelling. However, however, he's not able to obligate his family to move away from Eretz Yisrael to Chutzaretz. Similarly, a man is able to force Bnei Beit or his household to move to Yerushalayim. However, he's not allowed to force them to move out of Yerushalayim. And this is true, Mishnah says, meaning whether it's the husband or the wife, they're able to force each other to either go to Israel or or the inner Israel to move to Yerushalayim. So what happens, though, if one of the parties does not want to? What does it mean you can force? Here, Kahati explains, if it's in the situation the husband wants to move to and the wife doesn't want to, and they're an impasse, then he's able to divorce her without giving, and the practical difference now is he wouldn't give her October. And if the wife was adamant she wanted to move to Eretz Israel and the husband refused, and again they're at an impasse and she just wants to go anyway, in that situation, based on this Mishnah, she's able to demand that he gives her a get and gives her her ketubah. Let's continue. If a man marries his wife in Eretz Israel and moves to, so, and sorry, not moves, gets, they get divorced in Eretz Israel, and when it comes to paying the ketubah, not ten la mimaot Eretz Israel, he has to pay her in the currency the money with the, of Eretz Israel. That should be obvious, but it's the next cases that we need to learn. Let's say they got married in Israel and they got divorced outside of Israel in a place called Kapotka. Kati says it's Medina Ba'asya Katana, which is, a, I guess, a state in Asia Minor. Then, Noten Lami Ma'ot Israel, he wouldn't have to pay her in the currency of Kapotka. He'd be able to pay her in the currency of Eretz Israel, um, where they've come from. Nasa Isha Bekapotkia, if he married her in Kapotkia and then divorced her in Israel, not ten Lamim Ot Eretz Israel, he's able to pay her in the currency of Eretz Israel. Now, the Gemara explains according to the Chachamim, they understand that a Ketubah is actually Midrabanan. Consequently, they are more Mekil, for example, in this situation, to allow him to pay in the currency that is different from the currency that was committed within the Ketubah. For example, they got married in Kapotkia. And they moved to Eretz Israel, he could still pay with the currency of Eretz Israel. Rabbi Shimagami says, no. No ten kapotkia. In that situation, you have to pay her in the currency of Kapotkia. And that's because he understands Ketubah Doraita. And since the obligation of the Ketubah was bound when they were in Kapotkia, that is the currency he must pay. Mishnah finishes, this is according to everybody in Saisha, but Kapotkia, Gershab, Kapotkia, if they got married and divorced there, then no ten kapotkia, he can simply pay in the currency of Kapotkia. With that, Salak Masech Ketubot, we finish Ketubot, now let's learn Masech Nadarim. The nedarim we're referring to in this Masechta is not a neder in terms of wanting to offer a korban per se, but rather it's what's called nidre isur, meaning someone is making a particular object, us or either to him or another party, like a korban. The way that person takes on a neder, he says, neder zeh ye either alay, in this situation, on himself, like a korban. And he connects it to a korban because that's something that is offered up and made asur in terms of the base amygdash, then with his voluntary offering. However, the other ways a neder can be binding, even if he doesn't say the word Kakorban, like a korban. One is another category called the Yadhan Neder. That's where he says everything. For example, that which I'm going to feed to you, I'm making it Asur. But he doesn't add the words Kakorban. Nonetheless, it's still considered a Neder. 
Why? Well, that's a term Yad HaNeder. It's given almost like a handle onto which is connected this concept. Hasn't been expressed that it is also like a korban. The next is Kinui HaNeder or Kinui Nedar. And that's when someone uses, in place of the word korban, another expression that it would say we imply it. And we'll learn about both kinuyim and yadot in the next few Mishnahs. So the Mishnah says, kol kinui nadarim kinadarim. We're learning that even if these interchangeable terms have the same binding effect, like if someone said kakorban, similarly to fill in the blanks that the Gemara does, that would be true for yad, yadot nadarim kinadarim. The Mishnah continues, also charamim. Kinui charamim is like charamim as well, meaning you'll see in, in tomorrow's Mishnah it's interchangeable words for a cherem as well. Cherem is, we'll learn about them in more detail, but either it's something consecrated is given to the base of the Kohanim, but we'll learn about that in more detail later on. Or shvuot, a shvuot as well, a kinui for a shvuot is binding like a shvuot. Now what's the difference between a neder and a shvuot? A neder is when someone makes a particular object asur, and a shvuot is when he's saying it's asur to me to do such and such a thing. And we'll learn, I'm not sure if we've touched on this previously, I think we might have touched on this previously, but the difference between the two, we'll certainly learn about it later if we haven't yet. And similarly, unnezirot kenezirot, we'll also see the concept of kinui when it comes to nezirot as well, make taking an oath of trying to take on an obligation to become a nazir. And there's on the second of nezirot, we'll learn about again, so we're going to learn in far more detail soon enough. So let's look about the yadot. Mishnah says, ha'omer lechaverov, someone says, mudrani mimach, I'm mudar, I make asu like a neder, from you, I'm separating from you, I'm distancing myself from you, and he adds to any of those three expressions, but doesn't add the words, making like a korban, so Mishnah says, if this is asur, these expressions would be considered like a yad, or yadot, such that he would still be asur benedah. What if he says, mununda is like excommunicated, so Rabbi Kiva says, he sort of was hesitating. He didn't. It was a suffix, but he wouldn't say with confidence it was asur. So we have to be more machmir there. What's the doubt? Menduda. He's not sure. Menduda means simply it's like another expression of distancing, such that it would be asur, like meruchak mimimcha, or alternatively, it could be the language of a nidu excommunication, which is not an expression of a neder at all. Let's continue. Kenidre reshaim nadar benazir bekorban reshvua. So I'll let's explain as follows. Before we go further, just to because why we're explaining Nedre Rashaim, I'm just going to give a bit of introductory points in the first and a bit later, but I think it'll make clear if we say it now. There's a difference between making a Nedre when the Korban or a Nedava. A Nedre is when someone says, I obligate myself to bring this Korban. A Nedava is when someone says, this object here, this animal, this cow, I'm going to bring as a Korban. It was a way of kesherim, or people say more particular, not to do nadarim, but to do nadavot. The difference is, with a nadav, if the animal dies or gets lost, you're not obligated to replace it. The danger you run into with a neder is one is continually obligated to bring, even if he loses the animal, he would have to find a replacement animal and fulfill this obligation to bring a korban. And if he delays it too long, he violates the prohibition of lo yachel, of delaying it. So Mishnah says as follows, if someone says kinidre rashaim, so there's different explanations of this. The Batamira says, he says, I'm going to bring on myself a Nidre Rashaim, that they make a Nadir of Nezer Korban Ashvua, if I eat this Kikar, this loaf. And he goes and eats it. Then, according to the way the Batamira explains, he'd be Chayiv Nazir for 30 days, and he'd have to bring a Korban Ola, and he'd be also Chayiv Malkut for violating the Shvuat Bitui. Uh, Batamira explains, according to the Gemara, it doesn't have to be all lumped together, it could be slightly differently. 
For example, if he sees a Nazir going past and he says, Harini Kenidre Rashaim, it's like, I would like the Nidre Rashaim, then it's as if he accepted this Kabbalat Nizirut. Similarly, an animal standing in front of him, he says, Kenidre Rashaim Alai, then he'd be chayv to bring a Korban. And also, if it's a, a kikar, let's say a loaf in front of him, and he says, Kenidre Rashaim, Shalot, that I'm not going to eat from it, the Shavuot would be chal. In any event, either if it's lumped together or separate, the point is, because it's saying Kenidre Rashaim and Rashaim make the Dharam, yes, it, it's binding. If he says Kenidre Kesherim, like in the darim that he adds expression like the, the narim of kesherim, then lo amar klumi hasn't said that because we've explained kesherim don't make nadarim. If he says kenidvotam nadar, he says benazir korban. If he says kenidavot of say kesherim, since we've already explained that kesherim made nadavot, then it would be binding for a nazir because sometimes kesherim tzadikim might want to take on an obligation in nazir to l'shem shamayim. Or as you said, if it's with respect to a korban, because again, the kesherim would offer korban, want to offer voluntary korban, and they would do so if they'd wanted to, specifically as a nedava, and since that's their manner, it would be mine. Goes the Mishnah today.